Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Today we are talking to Claire and Claire wrote us in talking about, it sounds like her struggle with a few things. So in the present, perhaps really finding power in yourself versus finding it either in others or in relationship to others. And it sounds like that is stemming from the, what feels like a rather abrupt uh, breakdown of a very long relationship, um, mm. that, that felt like there was a lot of betrayal, um, and maybe even some like finger snap personality change type stuff. So I'm going to turn it over to you and, and have you take us into what's kind of present for you right now. Um, yeah. So I think like I, the relationship was 13 years long. Um, and we were about to buy a house and I thought like we were moving into our future and everything was great. And all of a sudden, um, I find out about, you know, another relationship he's been having for a couple years. And, um, you know, he just, things just broke off and he changed, he, he changed overnight. And I had never seen, um, that aspect of him before the, the cruelty, mm-hmm. the, it, it was like another person. It really was. And for me right now where I'm at, it's, it's been six months and it's been a lot of healing and learning. Um, I think my biggest part is just the letting go um, of what I thought the relationship was. And it's really hard for me to get to that place because I put up boundaries, obviously, um, to protect myself, but then putting up those boundaries, it's also been, me understanding like he's not going to be a part of my life anymore um and he was my best friend Mm -hmm. and um we just you know we we were always so close and every we were the people that people uh felt really good about like that couple that we always did things together and um a lot of our friends and family are are still in shock over everything that's kind of happened so I think for me it's processing what was real, what was the manipulation through that, through his betrayal over the last few years. It's also seen, um, mourning the life that I thought I was have with him and losing the house and losing that relationship. Um, those boundaries also come with burning, um, burning a bridge. I never thought I was going to have to walk over. I never thought I would, I, I thought at the very least we would stay friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what I kind of went into this with is trying to hold on and not seeing in those moments of me holding on was me letting myself down because it was me losing my power with him because that was what this is kind of broken down into. Um, so I think that's like the hardest part for me right now is understanding what was real, what wasn't with the manipulation and 
if he even like loved me. Obviously I loved him. I loved him unconditionally as I like to say, but and learning about like the unconditional aspects of that, it was also understanding that it wasn't just a love that I, I was giving him. It was in those moments when I will always say like he sh chased shiny objects mm -hmm. um, and finding that out is I truly just didn't want to be disappointed in him. Mm. And that was me pulling back my boundaries because on myself over and over and over again. So in letting go of this relationship, I'm learning that in a, in a sense, I've, I lost myself in a way I never wanted to. I was trying to hold on to so many aspects of who I was and being a powerful woman. And, and when I lost him, I lost myself. Hmm. And it was just a very surreal kind of feeling. And it's very hard for me to process that aspect of it, of people see me as being strong and having strength. Um, and I don't see that within myself. And it's really, really hard for me. Can I ask you just a quick clarifying question? So you said it's been six months since yeah. the breakup. Mm. Are you working with a therapist to process this? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. Right away. I did. I got it there. I knew it. I knew I was going to need somebody to connect to constantly. Yeah. I mean, smart woman. And I feel like you can hear it so much in the way that you're already processing all of what this and is. And things, yeah. um, I mean, just first off, I want you to be here so I can just like, ugh, so big. I, mm -hmm. I, I kind of want to hold you and just like have a good cry for a second because it is that big 13 years of my life. My God, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and you said, when I lost him, I lost myself. Mm -hmm. I want us to start with just like the biggest reframe ever. When I lost this relationship, I, I came into this ability to regain some part of myself that I'd lost a long time ago, right? Yeah, that hits. Yeah. Yeah, I want, I mean, it, it, I'm mindful of it only being six months fresh. Right. So yeah. a lot of the reframing and the being able to look at things definitely comes with time. And that's why yeah. I asked, like, make sure you have a therapist. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of what I want to, I guess, mirror back to you is in some of the language that you're using around the breakup, but also about the relationship and about how he was or how you were. Um, betrayal is so hard because it's like, it's like this seismic internal sense of self shift, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just like situational, but in saying that, I think over the next, you know, however many months and working through and processing, and it's going to be a long journey, there's going to be a little bit of, and this is to kind of jump off of what Danae was saying, where actually in the relationship did I lose myself? Yes. Because it didn't happen in the breakup. Yes. Right. Um, at what point did that happen? And in what ways did that happen? Right. Um, in what areas of the relationship was I potentially pretending something wasn't showing itself to me for the sake of trying to not rock the boat? Yeah. In what places of the relationship was I not being my most authentic self for fear of abandonment? Yeah. Right. Um, because, and this is usually a pretty unpopular opinion. There's always two people in every relationship, even the person who got quote unquote betrayed mm -hmm. right? and each person plays a role in it. And that's not to put blame on you, but that's to say, holy shit, I had this opportunity to, to Danae's point, 
reclaim myself if I can be willing to say, what was my part in this? Yes. And I feel like part of that in, in learning, um, it, it was, it was a dance. So it's definitely highlights like the, the codependency aspects of me with him. So if he wasn't okay, I can give that extra energy. I can give that extra part of myself. And that made me feel valued. Mm -hmm. That made me feel, feel good because I was helping him Mm -hmm. and not realizing in my way of helping him was actually not helping at all. Like how I, I, in giving that energy, um, I felt like I had it to give and it was like a gift, but actually I was losing myself in those moments constantly. Right. And for him, I wasn't allowing himself to figure out what he needed to figure out for himself and to have consequences earlier on in the relationship or within his life. Mm -hmm. Um, There would also be moments I know like when we would have maybe like disagreements and I would instantly kind of put that wall up Mm -hmm. and I would just be like, okay, well, I'll just take care of it myself. Mm. And when I did that, I wasn't valuing him and what he can bring to the relationship or to help in that moment. But I also wasn't allowing him to show up and show me that he could show up because I just was instantly, okay, I'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll take care of it. I always can. I always do. I, you know, all the planning, all the things that needed to get done and it became easy for him and comfortable for him but then it was a way for me to um not not allow him to be authentic I think or if he was being authentic and that's kind of where it kind of goes down to now with everything at what points was he was he not being authentic when did when did the betrayal really start when did the manipulation really come about but here's here's the thing though I I actually and and this I feel like is our logical brain's way of wanting to make sense of things that happen right it's like you get into a car accident and your brain will go over and over and over the details to try to figure out what happened I get that from a very human the way that our brain is structured aspect. I understand that. And I think sometimes that can be a little bit of like chasing your tail. Yeah. Because what I I don't think is actually the quote unquote important thing in this processing for you is to figure out when did I start becoming manipulated? It's to start figuring out at what point did I start allowing myself or, or abandoning myself or turning the blind eye or right. All the kind of questions we were talking about earlier. So it's, it's taking your power back in this because this isn't about figuring out at what point did he start doing this thing to me? That's not, that's not what we're trying to get to, to answer. I just want to jump in because I kind of heard what Claire said a little bit different. Okay. okay. I, I heard a little bit of, I actually did hear you taking some responsibility. No, I did too. I did too. Of, in terms of the way that you sort of might've infantilized him a little bit. Right, and right, you right. might've sort of like done things under. that he mm-hmm. could have done for himself, thus making him feel less powerful. And, you know, to V's point, then abandoning myself mm-hmm. in the space of doing that, then me sort of being... Um, you know, not authentic to like what my needs are in this moment and how this actually feels for me. I'll just handle it. I'll just do it. I'll just be the mother, right? Swallow but, the resentment or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think it's a dance of what you're saying, V, right? Like, yes, we absolutely have to, um, I don't know. I like, I, I do hear you already starting to take 
some ownership of like, yeah, well, this is the part that I was playing in that, you know? And I think that's, that is really important. I think, I, I think what I'm, what I'm trying to get at, and I'm probably not articulating it well, is sometimes I feel like it can be a futile effort um, or a distraction for us to try to figure out what they did to us. Um, and I'm not saying that's all you're doing. I'm just saying when I hear the words of like, at what point did the manipulation start? right? Mm -hmm. Like at what point did this start happening? Like, it's good to mm -hmm. know, but also just be mindful of going down a path where it's like, I'm trying to figure him out yeah. versus right. Like, okay, I can see the manipulation and I can see where I was in that dance, right? right? Which you're because doing, but it's just like a language thing, I guess I'm saying to be mindful of. And I guess I didn't hear manipulation as much, but I will say some of what we're talking about is you manipulating him, right? Like that's manipulation on your part, if we're really honest. Totally. I mean, that's what control is, right? Yes. Right. That it was easier for me to control what I knew I had control of in those moments. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because then I wouldn't, I wouldn't abandon myself. Right. Like I wouldn't lose what I thought that I had within either myself and in within the relationship. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a lot of learnings, like on my part. And um, like Vanessa said, especially like, I do. I rationalize a lot. I try to rationalize it a lot because mm -hmm. it makes it easier to mm -hmm. process because it's kind of hard to look back and feel like, did I even mean anything to this person? Did mm -hmm. any of our life mean anything? Mm -hmm. And, and understanding that they said, like the parts of letting go like the detaching with love Mm -hmm. um, is really hard for me because the consequences that I've laid to protect myself or the boundaries I've laid to protect myself are also double-edged sword for the consequences of like losing that relationship and, and, and him being on his own in something that I thought I was going to have forever. Mm -hmm. So that's hard for me mm -hmm. is to really, I think like what it comes down to is I have moments where I'm angry. I'm angry that this all happened, that, mm -hmm that he took us to this place, regardless of my responsibility for it, him, right. him cheating on me is, is something we could have handled very differently. And he could have just said, I, I need to go on my own and I would have been okay with it. And we could have stayed friends. But then it's also kind of like having empathy and compassion for what he was going through too. It's kind of hard to balance the, the, had the compassion and the anger. You know, Claire, the thing I want to say about what you said about sort of balancing this anger and also the empathy for what that must have been like for him, I think is so powerful. We talk a lot about holding the tension of the opposites. And I think that a lot of times relationally, what we have to hold is the complexity of who we are as humans. And when we're in that logical space in our brains, we get into a lot of black and white thinking sometimes, right? Like this person is either, you know, a devil or he's someone who loved me. We either had a relationship that was real or the whole thing was bullshit, right? Like, no, <laughs> it was actually very nuanced because we are very nuanced. And, you know, early on, you said something like, it's just really hard because the person that I thought I knew for these 13 years has become so cold. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times what I talk about in our singlehood groups a lot is we do have to drop into empathy with like how hard it is for sometimes people to, to have that confronting conversation, right? Like we'll talk about ghosting a lot of times. And I'm like, have you ever tried telling someone you're not interested in them when they're like super interested in you? It's hard, right? And um, I think sometimes the complexity of I love someone and the way that our dynamic has been playing out for a really long time now is 
maybe for both of us, like we're dying inside. Mm -hmm. And I know I can't do this anymore, but I don't know how to look her in the face and say that. So I'm going to act out in another way. I'm going to do something that makes me feel alive in another way. Oof, I wish he could have had the courage to stand in my face and tell me the truth. Most of us don't know how to do that. Because I think like in not hearing that, I felt like trash. That's like he didn't value me. And that's hard when I really was all in. Mm-hmm. and um who we were in our relationship yeah. so yes that's very hard to process and, you know I think also what's really important in this idea of holding the tension of opposites is not to force ourselves to be in a place of empathy when we're in a place of anger yeah because sometimes just be fucking mad yes there's nothing wrong with that right like anger as an emotion really just means that a boundary was crossed. We were, you know, um, betrayed in some way, right? Like it it is, there's, there's some forward trajectory that comes with anger. Now I'm not saying live there. Yeah. Right. But, but I also find it to be sometimes um, unproductive when I'm in a place of being mad to try to turn that off and find empathy in that moment. Right. Like, I'm fucking mad. This happened. How could he do this? And in that moment, it's like, Vanessa, try to be empathetic. He was like, sometimes, yeah. But also sometimes that just feels like I'm actually shutting down my anger. If I'm not actually sitting with it and letting it have space, I'm kind of shaming it out. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't feel that way. I should actually feel empathetic because he was going through a rough time too. Yeah. And I'm still fucking mad. They can both be true. Yeah. Right. You know? And I don't think we have to shut down the complexity of, I still love this person. Mm -hmm. And I'm pissed, and I'm right? Pissed. Yeah, like both yeah. things can exist and yeah. probably will within two minutes of one another quite mm-hmm. often, right? Absolutely. Cause like the parts that were hard is like, we were a week away from closing on the house we were building Ugh. when this all, and it's like, you were already with her for mm-hmm. these last, this last year. So seven months of this time, we're going to see this house every single week. So what, what, what point could you have not have said, like, I'm not ready to do the house because I thought we were moving forward in our life. Um, and that's the part that does make me angry. Cause I'm like, you had plenty of opportunity where I have been, if you're not happy here, I, I understand. And I, I, um, respect that, you know, during different moments in our relationship through over the years, like I want him to be happy and that's all I've ever wanted. So if it wasn't going to be with me, that's okay. I understand that. I just want the, wanted the best for him. So I felt like going down this house thing, that makes me angry Mm -hmm. because I'm like, wow, you took me to the moment a week before we were signing for the keys for this house Um, and having to let that dream go. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just the relationship. It was the life that we were going to have together. And that makes me angry. That really is hard for me to get past. What I just want to throw in and a little bit with, you know, the knowledge that like, actually when this episode comes out, it's going to be a few months from now. And then you might listen to it six months from now and a year from now and hear things differently. So I really want to honor what Vanessa said, which is six months out, I'm going to feel very different about this than I will a year from now. Right. And, you know, yes, I get to be angry in this moment in time about the house and 
denial ain't just a river in Egypt, right? Like brother was in some serious denial and you will see the way that denial plays out, played out for him. And also some of the ways that denial played out for you, Claire. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing too, about anger. That's so interesting is that the longer you're in this and the more you're processing it, this anger towards him, which is totally justified. You might find that you're really pissed at yourself too. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I do feel that I do have moments of that now when I, when I can really look within, because at some point it feels like I, when I lost myself, I'm mad at myself for giving every aspect of, of who I was to him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, why did I go to that place? How did I get to be that vulnerable? And not that vulnerability is not great because it is, but to the place where I just like let it down to where I weren't you and had no buffers, like nothing. And I do feel disappointment in myself for doing that too. Now, and here's the thing, I'm not trying to bypass what's going on in this moment, but there's also, when you say those words and I hear them coming from your mouth, there's also a twinge of like, I don't know if it's, if excitement is the wrong word, but like excitement for your I would almost guarantee you're not going to put yourself in a situation again where you lose yourself in this way and you're not authentic and honest with yourself, with your partner, with, right. So there is a little bit of me that's like the pain is there and it's real. And what a huge lesson you are in the midst of unpacking and untangling and learning and integrating right now, because I guarantee you're not going to be in the same place again. Yeah. I like, yeah. I love these moments where you and I are thinking the exact same thing at the same time, B. It like gives me a little delight because you know, you you guys that are listening can't see Claire, but like I can see. I, I like see. have the vision of yeah. what a powerful woman you are. Like it's so clear. And I will tell you something, sister. This is something you're gonna hear down the road and understand what I mean. This relationship was too small for you. Thank you. You will see that. I do. I have, it. Yeah. Yes. I know. And I do know that it's a, it's those moments when people tell me they see strength in me. And right now I don't see strength because yeah. I feel like I've lost so much control, but I know that I will. Mm-hmm. I know that I will find that person, that version, that, that happy girl that I was for sure on the other side. And that's what I'm working towards through this. And also, you know, sometimes with the people who are closest to us, when they say things like that, it's also okay to say, I don't feel strong right now. Yes. Yeah. And to let them see that, you know, and let them support you while you cry, while you don't feel so great about yourself, you know, because that strengthens those relationships too. And helps you find the strength actually on the other side. Yes. My core group, honestly, my friends have shown up in a way that I just could never be thankful enough. Mm -hmm. That support. Yes. Claire, you're definitely one of those where I'm going to need you to keep us posted and tell us how you're doing. Okay. I absolutely will. Thank you guys so much. Mm, Thank you so much for bringing this to us. We're going to be thinking about you. Thank you. Mm. Okay. All right, love. Mm. Oh, man. I think so many of us can know, just can sense and feel into, even if we haven't had the exact same experience, the feeling of being betrayed in some way, it's so palpable. Um, and that's why I said to her, like, it throws off your entire sense of like self. Yeah. 
And even if it's not betrayal, that just like someone I have loved and this person for whatever reason can't be in my life anymore. And so there's the grief and loss Mm -hmm. of um, losing someone who's meant so much to me in addition Mm -hmm. to the betrayal that you're talking about. I think, you know, like- And losing like what I thought my life was, right? Like there's grief in that that I don't think a lot of people talk about enough, which is like, you're not just grieving a person. You're also grieving an entire life that you thought you were going to have. And that can be really disorienting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was just so much. I mean, to me, this is why when these moments happen, like we will all have these like cataclysmic shake mm-hmm. your life, explode your life moments where it's like, not get your team, right? Like when mm-hmm. I've had these moments, it's like, let me get my coach. Let me get my therapist. Let me get Vanessa. Like I, I think this like, Around you know, yourself. yeah, you can hear it in her voice, how much she is already really doing the work of unpacking, slowly starting to look at her part, slowly like getting bearings of myself again. And we can get really stuck in a place yeah. for a really long time. If we don't actively seek out doing the work immediately, you know, like get in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that's to say like, um, you know, somebody hearing this, it's like, I don't think that's to say like, oh, you don't get to allow yourself to like be in it. It's like, no, but you also have to take a really active role in the processing, you know, like processing isn't actually, it's an active thing. Oh yeah. Right. Processing and, might be sitting in your therapist's office crying for 50 minutes straight, several right. sessions in a row. It's active, you know, like it really is about like rolling up your sleeves and like choosing to, to show up, whatever that looks like in that day or that moment or that minute, um, could shift from time to time, but yeah, it's, it's, and it can be exhausting at times and mm-hmm. some days give yourself a break and that's fine. And then the next day, get right back to your therapist's office. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. She's good. She'll be, she'll be good, but damn, I feel the pain. Yeah. It's like so present. But to your point, I'm not worried about her at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like she's one of those, we're going to hear about that girl. Cause she's got some power. I can see it mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Mm. Such a catalyst for people. These mm-hmm. kind of experiences. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy, the podcast. 